Disclaimer. Let Freedom Trip is a self-help podcast. Flying K is not a doctor. Flying K has zero medical or mycology background. Flying K is just one unique individual surviving on planet Earth. Please use psychedelics responsibly. They are not meant to be abused. Let Freedom Trip is Flying K's journey to becoming a better man. about raising your vibrations, tearing down, kicking through, smashing in the stigmas of psychedelics. Mentos, Skittles, gum, Sour Patch Kids, Starburst, Sour Skittles, Potato chips, yogurt covered pretzels. Those were the snacks I was grabbing on 12 12 2020, the finale of the urban trips. The mindset on this evening was my 42nd time around the sun, my solar return the beginning of my rebirth. The handful of urban trips were new and exciting, but they had taken their toll and I had just entered a bad headspace. While tripping in public during a pandemic, it was easy to hide myself and to think of things in a more fairyland type of way. The things weren't real, because I was masked. And being in that mask, it was hard for me to be recognized under the influence of magic mushrooms. But on 12-12-2020, I was outed while tripping. Someone recognized me, and I wasn't prepared to handle it. The outing sent me to a place I did not expect to go, and it clarified to me that I was in stage five of my spiritual awakening. Disillusionment and feeling lost. Where was I within my progress? Was I on the right path? Were these psilocybin mushroom trips helping me on my journey? What is my journey? Where am I going? What am I doing? I had been feeling like this for a few months now. And when I cracked that bag of Starburst and ate a few Sour Patch Kids and Skittles, my trip partner and I discovered Terrence McKenna. Terrence, born November 16, 1946, died April 3, 2000. He was an American philosopher, 
psychonaut, lecturer, and author who spent much of his life speaking and writing about the following important subjects. Psychedelic drugs, metaphysics, language, culture, environmentalism, technology, and the nature of human consciousness. Terence always advocated the exploration of psychedelics and the exploring of one's mind. In the book, The Food of the Gods, he developed the stone ape theory, which says that apes ate magic mushrooms, separated from the pack, and evolved. The following are some famous quotes by Terence. If the words life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness don't include the right to experiment with your own consciousness, then the Declaration of Independence isn't worth the hemp it's written on. Terence also said, Nature is not our enemy to be raped and conquered. Nature is ourselves to be cherished and explored. This is a society, a world, a planet dying because there is not enough consciousness, because there's not enough awareness, enough coordination of intent to problem. And yet we spend vast amounts of money stigmatizing people and substances that are part of this effort to expand consciousness, see things in a different way, unleash creativity, on the 12-12-20 trip, my 42nd time around the sun, I was nine months into deconditioning my mind without alcohol to feel more empathy, to eradicate the toxic male inside of me. I was deconditioning to live with narcissism in a toxic world. On the 12-12-20 trip, I was introduced to Terrence and his psychedelic expertise. That's when I discovered a video about how to most effectively take psychedelics. This lecture changed everything. It's five grams in silent darkness on an empty stomach. And I'll explain it, you know, five grams. Now, when you, you must weigh it, five dried grams and it's you know several mouthfuls silent darkness silent and i a lot of people disagree with me about this and they want to listen to the moody blues and they want bach and they want this forget it silence silent darkness and then darkness why darkness because the hallucinations actually need darkness in order to form they form behind closed eyelids. And so what I do is I try to pick a point in my life when I don't feel too anxious and oppressed by trivia. I unplug all the phones. I get rid of every obligation. I roll up three or four bombers. And I then wait on an empty stomach. And about 9 o'clock at night, I take it. And I just sit, as I'm sitting now, waiting for it to come on. Once I've taken it, I am completely in the sacral space, even though I don't feel anything for an hour and 20 minutes. I knew it was the next steps I needed to take on my psychonaut journey, to take things to the next level.
Episode five, trip number five, the darkroom trip. The setting, my parents' basement, the dose, 4.27 penis envy on a pepperoni pizza, the time, 6.20, the plan, eat the mushrooms, wait an hour and 20 minutes, take 10 hits off my marijuana vaporizer pen, embrace the mushrooms. My mindset that evening was to continue my rebirth, my 42nd solar return. While I was examining my conscience between eating the mushrooms and entering the dark room, I was listening to a lecture by Terrence and setting up a trip cave for when I was ready to exit the dark room. Terrence's voice put my mind at ease, and I knew everything was going to be okay. So at 7.40, I enter the dark room and sit on the bed. I begin to take the hits of marijuana. As I take hit number nine, I feel a shift. So I lay down and I stare at the ceiling. I take hit number 10 and bang, the ceiling becomes a movie screen. At first I had no idea what it was showing me. It started as colors and shapes on the ceiling, but that quickly transformed into scenes, scenes that looked familiar, but not from any movie I've ever seen. And then it hit me. I'm watching a movie about my life, where I've been, where I'm going, what I'm dealing with, events my soul has experienced or will experience, everything is being played on the ceiling. I had been preparing for this moment all of 2020, the entire pandemic, my psychonaut journey. And as I was taking it all in, I felt an energy enter the room. And I quickly sat up and I thought back to Terrence saying in his speech, I'm yours, I'm yours. So I just blurred out, I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours. And as I was getting done on my last yours, I hear a woman's voice. She's reaching out to me. This woman is calling me by my first name. And the voice sounds so familiar. Flying K, Flying K, I have answers. And I say, I would like to know them. And so that entity and I, we discussed a lot of things. We got into a lot about my childhood. She helped me to recall some significant moments of past events in my younger years. Some good, some not so good. She helped me process them all. She had those answers. 
and she filled in a lot of holes. And in the end, we healed each other. And I knew that this energy was with me in that room. And I believed that the psilocybin mushrooms allowed me to hallucinate with that energy. And as she was filling holes into my head and helping me remember all of these moments, she gives me a message to relay to her son. And then she disappears. Along comes another entity, another energy. This energy is younger. This energy comes in the form of a childhood friend who had recently passed. This friend and I had attended a concert at the Gorge Amphitheater where we saw the Who, and there's a very famous Flying K story about an interaction with the Counting Crows. And so he comes to visit me, my friend, and we hash out a past event that was never settled in this life. It was a trivial matter between him and I from our high school days. And at the center of it all was a beautiful young woman. Back then, at that point in our lives, it all seemed so important. But in hindsight, we were just some dumb little kids. And so we talked it out, we exchanged messages, and we healed each other. And as he's leaving, he says to me, Next time you see me, Flying K, I'll be a frog. And the energy leaves the room. I begin to hear a group of voices. And they're kind of chanting at me, singing. The voices are getting louder. The voices are saying, you could have been us. You could have been us. Then my eyes glance at the screen above and I see heads popping out from the ceiling and hands reaching towards me. And I'm freaking out a little bit, but I tell the mushrooms again, I'm yours, I'm yours. And at that moment, I realize that these entities, this energy is reaching out to me because they're victims. These victims are screaming at me. You're lucky, you found a way out. You didn't let it happen to you. And they're screaming that it was the worst thing in the world, that it ruined them forever, that it made them do terrible, destructive things throughout their lives. And they were coming to me saying that I had a unique way to heal them. And these victims were from a former teacher who was charged with sexual molestation of minors. And they came to me and they kept saying that I had a unique way to heal. Not only them, but lots of people. And I was a unique individual that could bring peace to situations. And so we sat together and we healed each other. And they disappeared. Suddenly in the corner of the room, a man and a woman appeared, a couple. They were very old souls, very powerful. They were sitting together, holding hands, being close and intimate. 
It seemed as if they were sobbing bedside, as if somebody was dying. It was my wife's grandparents, and they were very disappointed in me, disappointed in my actions and the way that I had treated their granddaughter. We spoke about my abuse, the effects of alcohol, and the abuse had on me, my wife, my life, our life. That's why they were there. They were burying a former flying K, a person that was no longer going to rise again from that bed. They were there helping me rebirth. And so we cried. The three of us cried and cried and cried. And we exchanged messages and we healed each other. And then they disappeared. The last person to visit me that evening was my uncle. And my uncle was the most calming energy that I had experienced all night. I love this uncle. He had a personality like a lion, and he looked over our family. And I never grieved for his death. Just like all the other people that came to visit me earlier in the evening, I never grieved for their deaths. And I was never empathetic enough to their situations. And then it hit me. That's what this entire evening was about. This entire evening was about the flying K not experiencing all facets of life. So my uncle comes and sits bedside and he says, Flying K, none of this is your fault. None of what you've been through is your fault. This is the path you're supposed to take. This is the path you're supposed to be on. And he consoles me. And because he's a family member by blood, he makes me feel whole. His presence, my memory of him was so warm and I knew that he loved me and he cared about my well-being and that he loved my mom, his sister, and he loved my grandpa, his dad. And as I finish exchanging messages with my uncle, we heal each other and I wake up. Everything just stops. Silence. There's definitely a buzzing energy and that energy is still felt very deeply. But something shifted. I was brought on a thought that I could no longer be in the dark room. I needed something to change my mood. I didn't want to look at my phone because I was still tripping and I knew better than that. But I wanted to listen to some music. And the singing from those voices, those victims, I wanted to get that out of my head. And I thought to myself, I'm in my parents' house. I bet I have some old CDs laying around somewhere. I used to be a CD junkie back in the day. I'll go look for them. 
So I go to the storage closet and I climb on the step stool. And in the first box I look in, I pull out a speaker. Well, that's a start, I say. So I pull the entire box out and I find another speaker and a bunch of records. I am excited. I'm frantically looking through other boxes on other shelves. I find other albums, but I get back on the little step stool and I find it. I find the record player, the turntable, and the rest of the night becomes a hippie hootin' nanny. It starts to get nuts. I'm listening to every type of music. Michael Jackson, Willie Nelson, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, The Beatles. The list goes on and on and on and on. And all the spirits were healed, and they helped heal me. We were all hanging out. We were laughing and listening and dancing. We had a great fucking time. I wake up the next morning, still in afterglow, thirsting for some coffee. And as I return back to the house after a Starbucks run, I step outside my car and I hear an owl. The owl is calling. And it's about time for the sun to break the plane for the day. So I decide on this cold, crisp December morning to take my coffee down to the neighborhood pond. I'm going to watch the sunrise, drink my coffee, listen to the owl. I get to the pond and I grab a seat on the rocks. And the owl is calling again. It calls a little faster and a little faster. The owl is worried. And as I'm looking out over the pond, I'm watching the sun get stronger and stronger as it gets closer and closer to first sunlight. And I begin to make up a story in my head about why this owl is calling out and who it's calling for. And just as the sun is about to rise and give light to the kingdom, the owl calls one last time, and I listen intently. The owl became more loud and aggressive in its call, timing itself perfectly with the sun. And as the sun had just hit first light, I hear not one owl, not two owls, but three owls celebrating being reunited. It was a beautiful moment as the sun rose for another incredible day. I was at the point that I knew the trip was a success. Tripping in that dark room opened my eyes to new ways of thinking and new ways of processing my experiences. I was getting closer to completing my journey, my quest to becoming a better man. I knew I needed more. I needed to push myself to get to where I was going. I needed one more trip of 2020. I needed to return to the dark room and complete my rebirth. Mm -hmm.